1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Intrusion truth seems to have Stone Panda dead to rights. Chinese intelligence increases targeting of expatriate Uyghurs. Zscaler warns that an ad fraud campaign is making use of the Tokolau top-level domain. Checkpoint has a decryptor for Ransom Warrior. The U.S. House and Senate will hear from Facebook, Twitter, and Google this week about influence operations, content moderation, and alleged monopolistic practices. And no, believe it or not, Pope Francis isn't giving away Bitcoin, nor did former President Obama encrypt your files. From the CyberWire Studios at Data Tribe I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, September 4th, 2018. CrowdStrike has confirmed certain claims by Intrusion Truth that APT10, also known as Stone Panda, is connected to the Tianjin Bureau of China's Ministry of State Security and has also confirmed the identities of two people whom Intrusion Truth has been tracking. CrowdStrike specifically confirmed that one of the two was the owner of a blog account whose handle was FisherXP and that he was associated with a 2010 phishing campaign by Stone Panda. The two had followed one another on Twitter, and the second individual was also connected with a GitHub account holding versions of Stone Panda's remote access Trojans Quasar and Trochilus. Intrusion Truth, described in the trade press as shadowy, effectively represents itself as a hacktivist group dedicated to exposing Chinese intelligence, or, in their self-description, quote, we hunt APTs, which is about all they have to say about themselves. Intrusion Truth, whoever they may be, blog on a WordPress site. Their posts are literate, which isn't always the case in this space, and they pursue Chinese intelligence officers with dogged intensity, down to tracking their working hours and their Uber rides. What's Chinese intelligence up to these days? Apart from the customary interest in industrial espionage, there's a good bit of current and nasty attention being paid to the Uyghur diaspora, with threats made against relatives still in China of Muslim Uyghurs living abroad. Zscaler researchers are tracking a spam campaign that directs users to the .tk sites, the national top-level domain for Tokelau in the service of, for the most part, an ad fraud campaign. Zscaler estimates the ad fraud brings in more than $20,000 a month, and other associated scams pull in additional revenue. Tokelau, which allows anyone to register a domain, has a population shy of 1,500, but the world's largest presence on the internet. Small nations once made money by printing stamps for the collector's market, now they sell domains, or even give them away as loss leaders. Checkpoint researchers have found and made available a decryptor for ransom warrior ransomware. Bravo, Checkpoint. They say it wasn't particularly well-done ransomware and that breaking it was not too tough. But Bravo, nonetheless. On Wednesday, the U.S. Congress will hold hearings on the tech industry. They're interested in political influence, privacy, and monopolistic practices. The Senate Intelligence Committee will interrogate Facebook, Twitter, and Google. The House Commerce Committee will confine itself to Twitter. Big tech, as represented by these three companies, are feeling a lot of pressure from authorities on both sides of the Atlantic. The British Home Secretary in particular is on a war path to force the platforms into more extensive content moderation. And finally, two implausible scams are circulating. One, a celebrity advance-fee come-on tells the gullible that Pope Francis wants to give away a small fortune in Bitcoin. As usual, and you'll remember this from all of the crypto dough Elon Musk was widely believed to be spreading around via Twitter, all you need to do is pay a comparatively modest advance fee. Sounds good, right? The come-on is like this. I have prepared something for you all to cheer you up a bit, says a cheerful pontiff as he introduces the Pope Francis official BTC giveaway. Seems legit. I mean, he is always smiling and seems to want people to be cheerful. The other caper is an unusual takeoff on the ransomware-scareware hybrid. Usually, you'll see a reproduction of, say, the FBI seal, with a warning that you've been caught in secret malfeasance, and that you can clear the books, avoid embarrassment, and recover your files if you deposit some amount as directed. In this recent case, it's not the seal or logo of some well-known law enforcement agency, but rather, the crude ransomware displays the face of former President Obama. He looks pensive in a sport coat and an open-collared shirt, an index finger poised thoughtfully on his pursed lips. The message doesn't sound quite like Mr. Obama, however. It goes like this. Hello, your computer is encrypted by me. Yeah, that means your EXE file isn't open, because I encrypted it. So you can decrypt it, but you have to tip it. This is a big thing. You can email this email, and they helpfully provide the email here, gets more information. So you can recover your files if you tip the former POTUS. At least that's how we read it. The file properties on this little number, as reported by Malware Hunter team, indicates that the malware is called Barack Obama's Everlasting Blue Blackmail Virus Ransomware, which is a mouthful and a lot more Gasconade than one normally finds in the name of malicious code. Maybe it's an indication of lack of confidence. We hear that bragging often is. Some observers note that it's unusual for ransomware to encrypt file systems, and that may well risk making the infected device unrecoverable, and thus remove any incentive the victim might have had to pay. They read this as either a misstep or incompetence on the hood's part. If we had to bet, we'd say incompetence. Criminal geniuses are a whole lot rarer than criminal boneheads. It should be, but isn't, needless to say, that neither the current Pope nor the former president are involved in any of this. The love of money, we've heard, is the root of evil, and in this case it seems the love of altcoin is the root of a great deal of really dumb evil. So buyer beware. Don't bite. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Emily Wilson. She's the director of analysis at Terbium Labs. Emily, welcome back. Um, you know, it's been about a year now since the Alpha Bay takedown. Uh, let's take a, a look back. How effective was that? How have things changed on the dark web since they went away?
0: It has, in fact, been a very long year. Since Alpha Bay went down, hmm. uh, so the takedowns. Just for listeners who aren't uh, aren't as intimately involved in the schedule there as some of us who who look at this every day, Alpha Bay was the sort of Amazon of the dark web, right? You've heard about this. Uh, it went dark on July fourth, twenty seventeen, hmm. which was a very disruptive holiday for me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, and, you know, people were a little confused about what was happening. Uh, they weren't sure if Alphabay had exit scammed, had sort of run off with all of the money held in escrow, if there were technical difficulties. Uh, and then a few weeks later, on July 20th, uh, the attorney general came out and said that Alphabay had been taken down, had been seized as part of an international law enforcement effort. And that, in fact, the kind of secondary market, the the heir to Alphabay's throne that everyone had flocked to, had been under control of Dutch police for more than a month. So mm. there was chaos. There was chaos and instability. And over the course of the last year, um, as listeners will have heard, there have been uh, a series of upheavals, right? Bitcoin ricocheted from you know, $1,200, I think, the beginning of last year to uh, you know, hitting $20,000, which is obviously a, a big deal on the dark web. People are holding a lot of Bitcoin. Um, and a lot of people were finding ways to use their Bitcoin, so that's disruptive. Um, There were takedowns and infighting. Uh, There was a big fraud ring um, that was issued. There was an indictment that came out from the the Department of Justice earlier this year. The Reddit communities, which is where a lot of information was being traded, were shut down. Uh, And so what happened? What does it look like? Uh, It looks both completely different and exactly the same. Hmm. Uh, And this is what I mean by that. The dark web is an incredibly adaptive community. And to be clear here, I'm talking about the criminal communities on the dark web, which is just a portion of what happens there. These communities are adaptive. They are designed that way. And so some communities were more disrupted than others. The drug communities were disrupted and they had to find new homes. The fraud communities were largely doing fine. Uh, they have you know, operations that really run in parallel to these large markets. Uh, but other markets are continuing to thrive. We've had markets go down. We've had markets come back up. The takedowns were effective in that it took down the largest market the dark web has ever seen and potentially dismantled a big criminal network. But they were only as effective as taking down a mob boss in a major city. You haven't finished organized crime. You've just dealt a pretty significant blow.
1: Was this just a speed bump or has there been meaningful long term Friction applied to the system in a a way that would decrease the amount of commerce going on.
0: I think it's fair to say more the latter. There is no denying that this was a milestone for the dark web in the same way that the takedown of Silk Road was. Right. This was uh, a very well run operation and an operation run at a scale again that we We haven't seen, and we haven't seen anyone else rise to that occasion. This was a very large market conducting a huge volume of transactions all around the world. And taking that down, and honestly, the willingness of the Dutch police to very effectively, I hear customer service actually improved, uh, very effectively run a dark web market for a month has now made everyone even more paranoid than they were already. Now every time there's a glitch, now every time something goes wrong or a market goes down for a little while all of which happens regularly on the dark web anyway, people are having to ask themselves, is this law enforcement? Is it worth it? What am I doing? How do I keep this up and running? And so some people have been scared off. Some people are operating more cautiously. And some people are figuring out where to go next and how to keep doing this because there will always be people who are going to find a way to do this. And they're just trying to adapt faster than law enforcement can. Hmm.
1: Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. And they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPonts Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the CyberWire.